You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Tuesday, February 11th. <laughs> Sometimes I get the math right. Uh, I don't, sometimes I, I don't. I don't think I ever know what day Let's it is. Let's go with Tuesday. Really Let's terrible. go with that. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm thrilled to share this story today. We've we've talked with our friends from Laborers for Christ in the past, and mm-hmm. they have some outstanding stories of of servants who who dedicate time and energy and physical labor uh, to uh, to projects that that support gospel outreach, telling the good news of Jesus and mercy work, and in and, and so many ways. Um, and uh, I personally have seen the 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 work of Laborers for Christ and some of the great things that they can do. And really excited to share some stories with you today from our friends at LCEF and Laborers for Christ. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Joining us in studio, Jeff Hernan. He is the director of LCEF's Laborers for Christ. Jeff, thanks so much for being our guest today. It's my pleasure. So, Jeff, tell us a little bit about. Um, well, let's well, let's talk about LCEF and the, where laborers fits into uh, the picture of LCEF's mission. What is LCEF's mission? The uh, LCEF's mission is basically to to serve the changing needs of the synods, congregations, schools, organizations, and workers as they carry out the sacred ministry work and vocations entrusted to them. So. Where then does, you know, when we think LCEF, we always think of, you know, the investment arm of our church body. Mm -hmm. That's where my son has, he's part of the Young Investors Club, and um, we we have investments there as well, and we're very grateful for that. Um, But there's this part of LCEF that sometimes we, it's kind of like a best kept secret. Um, (laughs) And that is the ways that that, uh, LCEF serves the church in in um, well in like in laborers and ministry support and things like that as well. So where does LCEF? I mean, where does laborers fit in that picture? Tell us about uh, who the laborers for Christ are. Sure, and I, I use that uh, that terminology sometimes about the being the best kept secret. Uh, but anyway, um, we uh, laborers for Christ falls under the ministry support uh, department. So we have loans, we have investments, and we have ministry support uh, at LCEF. And so we're we're under that umbrella of of, um, of ministry support, and we do a lot of things besides just uh, labors, of course, uh, with capital campaigns, with ministry clarity, um, you know, many 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 different options or, or offerings out there that we can help churches, um, you know, figure out what God wants them to do and how and how that's done, and we just come in and we love on them and and we listen to them, um, and then we share what we can how we can help them and partner with them in that uh, in that endeavor they're looking to to go on. Who are the people that, that make up laborers for Christ? Uh, who, who are the people that kind of come in and, and, uh, and do these projects? Well, uh, it's a great question because uh, they're men and women um, who just love the Lord and they want to give back uh, f- for what they've been blessed with uh, in their life. And they, they can be um, construction folks who've retired and, and moved on um, and, and come to on board with us, but they can also be school teachers, um, just any, any field out there. Uh, our laborers is on the job training uh, for those who have not come to the construction industry, of course. And so we love on them as well, when, especially when we have a, a brand new guy or lady come on board with us. Uh, we teach them the ropes and uh, they, they become great helping hands on the project, just like our volunteers do uh, at a church or, or an organization that we help with. 
How do you fit into this labors for Christ? Because you, you, you are one of these people. <laughs> so what is what is your story? How did you, um, why, why is this so important to you? Um, I guess it's important because when I was in my 20s or 30s, my desire was to retire early and, and then help build churches, schools, whatever it might be, when I was still young enough to do that. <laughs> and uh, so when I read um, in, in the, uh, I guess, posting that's out there on the web about this project, I thought, wow, that is a that could be a great fit. And so I applied and I shared that, that heart I had um, with those folks who, uh, who actually made the decision to hire me. Um, but I... I went to one of the projects even before I got hired just to get the feel of what was going on. And it was just so neat to see what they did while they were there. The church loved on them. They loved on the church. And it was just a great ministry. The I want to get into some of the projects in a little bit, but I want to develop this a little bit more about who the laborers are, like sure. the life that a laborer lives, uh, knowing some uh, and some of the stories we've, we've had in the past to get to share of laborers. Um, you mentioned earlier that you know when you were younger, you wanted to be able to retire early so you could um, so you could be a laborer. So many of them are are retired or have the gift of time. <laughs> yes. Uh, paint another picture. You know, share maybe a story of a laborer that that comes to mind and and how. They uh, they came to be a laborer for Christ. Well, sure. Um, most of our recruitment, as as we deem it, I guess, um, actually comes from our projects. And so when we go in and love on the church, they see the what we provide um, in ministry and, and um, just processes with uh, with what we do on the site. And they love what we do, and they want to become part of it. So that's where most of our recruitment comes from. Now we're out there. We do other things. Um, you know. Um, LCMS, LCF, they all put stories in the uh, line, uh, publications that they have. And, and uh, so we get some phone calls off things like that. And we do some recruiting out there individually in churches now and then. Um, but the bulk is because they see what we do and they love and fall in love with it. Now, our laborers, they, they, they travel in RVs most of the time, but it's not a requirement that a laborer has an RV. Uh, so, you know, when we get to a job site or, or a work site, we, uh, we, we park our RVs, hopefully on site if we can, if not at campground. Um, but um, sometimes uh, folks come on board and they're not, they don't have an RV. So it, it, it does limit what projects they can work on. Um, but um, sometimes we can accommodate that, like a, at a camp. You know, the camp will have mm -hmm. cabins, things like that. Um, or someone in the church may, um, you know, put up uh, one of our laborers while they're there. Uh, maybe a, a widower or something that uh, says, "Hey, I, I need. I would love to have some companionship uh, for six months. Why don't you come and stay in my house?" That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's that's how they travel. Um, again, they they give their heart. They they. They use their, they give their heart by sharing with their hands, and so that's that's the, that's the love that goes out. So, if a laborer is based in one city, uh, does that mean that they they can or will travel around the country to do these projects? Oh, absolutely. We have laborers who'll drive two thousand miles to get to a project, Whoa. and they get that they they get there on their own. So they're putting that gas in the RV gets about six miles of the gallon. And uh, they pay for that, and then they pay for themselves to get back home too. Wow! Uh, so that's all on their end. Mm -hmm. That is quite the heart of service. Um, what uh, what positions are there? If if someone is uh, 
maybe has a construction background or doesn't? Uh, what what ways can people serve? Sure, that's a great question because we do have different positions within our organization. Uh, we have our, our regular laborers who serve under a project manager. Uh, so our project manager is the on-site laborer who leads the project. Um, they're qualified to do that particular uh, project. I have project managers who can do anything from a you know five six million dollar billing, and I've got project managers who can do uh, you know a, a parsonage renovation or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so my job is to be sure that I part partner the right person, the right project manager for that particular project. Um, of course, I mentioned project manager. We also have a position called project director. And this particular director does all of the pre-construction work. Uh, so we have two, we kind of separate our, our projects into two parts. One's pre-construction and one's construction. And so the project director mainly does the bidding for the church if the church so deems that they want us to do that for them. Uh, we do charge for that and there's a cost to it, but um, it gives them an idea of what their project's gonna be on the front end before we actually get started. And so they work with contract administration, with uh, um, you know, calling uh, subcontractors. There's a lot of little details in there, but that's that's what they do mainly is the bidding part of it. So if I wanted to be a laborer, do I have to have a background in construction or even be familiar with construction? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I have, a, I have a Lutheran couple who were uh, Lutheran high school teachers. Hmm. Um, and we've had some other Lutheran uh, um, workers out there as well, uh, whether it be in a school or whatever it might be. So, um, and I've got, um, I got a, a tax, uh, uh, tax guy who uh, sold his businesses and came on board with us. So there's just all kinds of, all different uh, uh occupations that come to us so the key being comfortable working with your hands right yes you know many of them are handyman kind of like me i grew up uh, in a real small house and we tore our house apart and put it all back together and uh, so that's where i got the love of of working with my hands um and um and and so most of them come with that sort of mindset Mm -hmm. but even if you don't it's it's what the parts that we do on a project uh, isn't rocket science. Um, we do the framing, we do um, the windows and doors and, and things like that. We call in electricians and plumbers um, as subcontractors to do that work. Uh, those are licensed trades and mm-hmm. we don't carry license to do the projects uh, or you know to do those parts of the projects. Sure, that mm-hmm. makes sense. You want to yeah. make sure that Everything needs to be up to code. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And, and well, you know, <laughs> some of our guys are electricians or plumbers or whatever, and they can do that work. But mm-hmm. again, if they live in Montana and we're doing a project in Florida, their license isn't going to transfer mm-hmm. and, you know, from state to state and things mm-hmm. like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Speaking of from Montana to Florida, I was picturing this earlier, too. I have some friends who are laborers for Christ and follow some of their, their stories and their pictures on Facebook. And I think one of the the neatest things about this, I mean, there are many really uh, great aspects of this, but is the sense of adventure. You know, if you get to that that stage in your life where you have the gift of time um, and you're you're interested in adventure, like these friends get to travel all over. Um, You know, some stay primarily in the Midwest, some go to other places as well, but they're just having the time of their lives traveling and serving in so many places and, and working with their hands, getting to meet new people. I'm really. Are you jealous? Uh, yes, I guess that's what I was getting at. <laughs> I was trying not to be jealous. Well, you but. have your retirement plan now. So. I'll just, send you an application here next Thank week. Thank you. Okay. Start, start shopping for your RV. If I could retire early. I don't know. Can we arrange that with my friends in Concordia plans? They could retire early so I could be a laborer. No, not going to work that way. 
but you know, there really is, I, I think for many of them, there's a, there's a bit of adventure with that too, because you get to go to a new place, get to meet new people and, uh, and, and relationships. I know some of them that I've talked with before, just the relationships that thanks to, you know, social media and things like that, that they can carry on mm-hmm. um, and stay in touch with people that they've met and served with and, and served through Laborers for Christ. We need to take a quick break. We'll continue our conversation here on The Coffee Hour. We're learning more about Laborers for Christ with Lutheran Church Extension Fund, our friend Jeff Herndon. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're learning about Laborers for Christ with LCEF. And Jeff Herndon is the director of LCEF's Laborers for Christ, sharing stories of uh, some of the laborers. And up next, we're going to learn more about the projects, the types of projects. Uh, Jeff, what are the, the types of projects that laborers take on to help support uh, congregations and, and organizations as well. Sure, we uh, we are pretty flexible, and we can do a variety of different types of projects as far as the building of it goes. Uh, uh, anywhere from adding a portico or maybe changing out light fixtures at a church, um, all the way up to building a new sanctuary and school. Uh, which we, was, we, we did that in Kentucky. It was about a 26,000 square foot building. We tore the old building, uh, buildings down, uh, both the uh, school and the church, and we put it all back up again. And uh, so that was uh, one of, it was our largest project to date, and that was in 2018. Makes it sound so easy. <laughs> <laughs> but it almost sounds like Jesus saying, tear down this temple and rebuild it. <laughs> so you, you literally tore down the the church in the school building and then put it back up again and what was the time frame on that uh, it's about a year and a half project wow. wow that's really neat so uh what are the settings for this was a church and a school are only churches or schools eligible tell us uh, who who's eligible for a project a laborers for christ project sure uh, anyone actually involved with the lcms so it could be uh, registered service organizations uh, churches um, schools, um, any of those things t- uh, tied in with LCMS. Do you have more stories about projects you've done recently? I want to hear more stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, we are we are currently on a project in in Indiana. It is at Lakeview Ministries, and it is our fifth project there. Uh, my first since I've been involved with laborers. Um, I currently have some people there. We are adding a villa or a village, uh, as they call it which is basically a bathhouse and four cabins. 
And so uh, we got started um, in the late fall and uh, took a bit of a break for the holiday. We're back at it again. Now it's a little cold up in Indiana this time of year. We've had a decent January though for working outside, outside of a few days here and there. Um, so they're continuing to working. And actually I have another gentleman on the way from Texas up there, should be arriving probably tomorrow to continue to help with the, with the project going on. And so being our fifth project, and they've got a whole lot more that they want to do in, in uh, Seymour, Indiana at Lakeview Ministries. And so we're looking at, uh, you know, hopefully some projects uh, down the road with them as well at, a, at another location actually. Wow. How many projects typically are going on all at one time? Sure. Um, right now we have one. It is wintertime for most of us in the Midwest and that's where most of our projects tend to fall. Um, so we we do tend to have one going on during the winter months and we do this year at, at, at uh, Lakeview. Um, I, I've got 10 projects slated for this year for um, 2020. Um, hopefully all of them will come off. We're still um, you know, in the final stages of some of the projects and things can stop you know, those projects from happening, uh, issues that come up with the city or whatever it might be. Um, but it looks like we're gonna do nine to 10 projects this year. And uh, anywhere from camps all the way up to a $4 million addition in Olathe, Kansas. Uh, we're wow. building a 30,000 square foot uh, building there. It's two stories. Um, top floor will be a type of a gymnasium type of multi-purpose room. And the bottom floor will be classrooms. Wow. So if there are 10 projects going on in 2020, that means that they're overlapping. They're happening simultaneously. Um, how, how do you staff... <laughs> 10 projects like that granted you know if some might move from one project to another but mm -hmm. hey, how do you staff 10 projects that are running concurrently sure we have a roster of laborers um, who who do sign up for those projects and uh, currently I have enough laborers but uh, I am hurting on project managers so that's where my hurting is right now um, now if I did 12 projects I probably wouldn't have enough laborers we're really at that cusp where I need to uh, you know, bring more folks on. We've had a lot of retirements this year, and so that's hurt us a little bit. Um, but yes, you're right. Also, some go to project to project because they just love what they do so much, and they're full-time RVers, or they just like to be on projects. Um, so uh, we've already finished one. It was a small one. Uh, we replaced all the um, lighting in a church uh, to go from uh, fluorescent to LCD or <laughs> LED bulbs, <laughs> too many acronyms. Um, and uh, so that one was just a couple of weeks uh, with one of my laborers and uh, some church volunteers. So he led that that organization or that uh, project. Wow. So one down, a mm -hmm. few more to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and I was just thinking about, you mentioned the one at, at camp. Boy, I feel sorry for them that they get to stay in a beautiful setting like that while they're working. <laughs> that must be rough. Yeah, we're actually going to do a, a visitor center at uh, Camp Luther in Nebraska, Schuyler, Nebraska. Oh. And uh, it's a 5,000 square foot building. Um, and it, I don't think I've seen a more beautiful Lutheran camp than that one. You think of a Nebraska and you think of just flat lands, corn. It's not uh, flat. But that, but that particular place is kind of like the gym uh, in that county, it is rolling hills. It's got a lake. It's just a beautiful camp, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go in there and help them out. Y'all sound like corn isn't beautiful. It oh. can be. <laughs> the rolling hills of Nebraska are definitely prettier, in my humble opinion. <laughs> so you mentioned um, that uh, there there's really a cap on how many projects you can do based on the number of laborers you have. The 
Uh, tell us about the need for laborers. Is there a need for more laborers for Christ? Absolutely. Um, you know, our labor pool, typically, uh, they're all retired. So typically, they come to us in the 65 year range, and they typically stay around 10 years. And at that point, they're thinking that they probably can't do it anymore, you know, that sort of thing. And so that that's a life average of 10 years. And so basically, um, you know, every year I end up losing about 10, okay, currently. Um, we are we had our heyday back in the good old days when we had 50, 60 projects uh, a year, and now we're about 10. Um, and so we're building that back up. It's been doing very well over the past three years. Um, but what's holding us back right now is, is the laborers and, and especially the project managers. Mm -hmm. So we'd love to have some people call us and, tell, and let us share with them um, what we're about and, and uh, love to bring them on board. So where where in the in the world do these projects happen? Is this is this United States nationwide? Yes, we are in the United States. We've actually done one in Alaska, uh, so that even though it's not uh, continental, it's uh, it's you know we have done a project up there. Um, there is a like a one percent chance of a project in Hawaii. Hmm. Um, I've already offered to carry <laughs> someone two cases when they went over to look at it. But, yeah, you uh, can't really there, drive your RV there. Can you? There <laughs> no. are Lutherans in Hawaii this who may right. have projects. Yeah, there's a church there who needs a new building. And well, there you uh, go. Uh, we don't know if that'll happen or not. We're kind of thinking it won't, but um, no guarantee. <laughs> but yes, we've we've been in every state I think except four in our in our forty year history. Hmm. So, what are some of the the really memorable projects that have happened? Memorable, um, I think the the large build that we had in Kentucky. Uh, it was actually on, it was ongoing when I came on board and uh, fell in love with that because we had so many volunteers there helping, and it was a massive building for us. I mean, it's it, it was big. Um, so you know that particular one is I highlight that quite often when I'm talking to churches. Um, it's it's it was kind of really neat to see it go up. What when you when a project is done, what's the response typically from not only from the laborers but also from those who benefit from it, from the the congregation or the organization, the school? Uh, that I appreciate you asking that question because what we get so many times is Jeff or whoever you know the pastor whoever may be talking to one of us is even if you had cost us more money, I would have if I had known what you guys do and how you do it we would have had you do it anyway, okay, even if we had cost them more. Now, of course, we're, we save them money. That's part of our, uh, you know, our offering is that we can save them probably about 20% on their project. So, you know, you talk about a $4 million building, you're talking $800,000 we can probably sell, you know, save their, and that's ministry dollars that they can go out and, and do things um, otherwise that they couldn't, or have a lower loan to pay it off earlier, whatever it might be. And not only is it saving money, but... There's something else happening too when oh, when laborers are serving. Yeah, we you know we just we just really infect the church. And that's what I, <laughs> that's what I call it. Um, we show them our love. We show them Christ's love, and and uh, I'll give you an example of that. We were at a project in um, Minnesota, and one of the church members was I think they were going on vacation. I think that's what happened. They didn't have anyone to cut grass. 
okay, that they're, they're, they're lot. And so one of our ladies jumped on a tractor and cut that lot for those two weeks. And it just, we just share and, and just love on them so much. And at a project in Oklahoma, two of our ladies went to a local coffee thrift shop. Um, they, they're a ministry that in themselves where they try to help young ladies coming out of, out of prison and trying to give them a job to show them how, you know, things should operate. And, uh, we went in there and worked for a couple of days. A couple of our ladies did. So that was the, that was their ministry, um, to that community. So we don't just minister to the churches or organizations. We, we try to be a part of the community as well. So when, when I'm a laborer and I'm assigned to this, this site, uh, you know, say it's a congregation, I become a part of the the life of that congregation for that time too. You know, just whether it's uh, joining together in in the services on Sunday or Bible study or whatever it might be, um, it, it sounds like that's what I've heard from laborers in the past. Is they, they join in the life of the congregation while they're there. Absolutely, it's part of our infection. Is that we we, <laughs> we become part of them, and uh, again, here here you know, folks telling us that uh, we hate to see you go, you know, because our attendance is going to go down by you know fifteen people, whatever it might be, and and you guys were just the life of us, and we appreciate that. Now, actually, in, in one church, you know, this was not in my time, but I heard it um, had happened not long before I came on board. The church did not have a choir, and uh, when we came on board onto that project, we started a <laughs> choir. And from what I hear this, to this day, they're still they still have a choir, and so that's just really cool to see that and and how we infected that church with our love. <laughs> the so. Laborers for Christ Choir. That's <laughs> Love fantastic. It. Um, the, the, uh, we have just about a minute left. And, and so we've talked about this uh, happens nationwide. The projects are going year-round. Uh, certainly a lot happening during the, some of the, the, uh, the other seasons, not as many in the winter. But um, uh, how to join, how to become a laborer for Christ. Sure. Um, give me a call at the office. Um, I have a couple of ways you can do that. Uh, you can, you can uh, email me at ministry dot support at lcef.org or you can call our department's uh, general number at 314-885-6444 and i'll be glad to uh, you know talk with you about it give you a rundown real quick and kind of like what we did today um, but we also have some paperwork we can send out to you to give you a better feel of, of what we're all about and how we how we do things any uh, any important requirements that we need to know as well, I know you'll share some of those on the phone too, or on email. Sure, there's only a couple. Um, one, you know, we need an application from you, uh, so that's <laughs> one thing we send out. And on that application, uh, we do ask that your pastor uh, signs off, stating that you're an upstanding member of the congregation, and and um, and and you know he thinks or you know he'll think that um, you know you're you're a great fit for the organization. Um, and then we do require a physical. Um, so every two years, um, under the age of 75, we ask that you have a physical done to be sure that the doctor feels comfortable in you doing what, what we do out there. Very good. Jeff Herndon, director of LCEF's Laborers for Christ. Thank you so much for sharing this with us today. I'm ready to... Are you ready to I, go? I, but I'm not retired yet. Oh, so, <laughs> And I don't quite have that gift of time yet, but maybe yes. someday. Thank you so much, Jeff, for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Thank you so much. A pleasure being here. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.